0: One, two, three, four Have you ever seen a plant And wondered, what is that plan? No one knows Yes they do garden, garden hose
1: Have you ever found a pretty flower Wondered how to unlock its
0: power You know who knows It's the garden hose Garden hose
1: Welcome to the Garden Hose Australia podcast, where we talk all things gardening. Your hosts, Jamie and Erin, will wander down the garden path with tea or gin in hand and discuss gardening loves, hates, new discoveries, interview some of our garden heroes, visit inspiring gardens and continue a discussion about plants that started over 30 years ago in primary school. Good evening, Jamie. Good evening to you. Erin, where are you talking to me from tonight? James?
0: I am sitting in the delightful town of Towonga South, which, which is <laughs> for our dear <laughs> listeners. It is uh, right next door to Mount Beauty. So I'm in the northeast of Victoria, Australia. That's and a nice part of the world. actually, it's beautiful. It's part of the Kiwa Valley. Oh, I didn't, I don't know whose traditional lands I'm on. I should have checked that out. Oh, that I'd like to formally apologise for that. Oh, I went and checked out the snow just to make sure it's there and it's skiable.
1: <laughs> and has it been skiable?
0: Oh, babe, it was skiable.
1: <laughs> Are you going to have
0: incredibly sore? Uh, quads when I see you on the weekend? You know I love a yes and no answer to everything. (laughs) I'm slightly sore but in the lead up to ski season my GP said this horrible thing to me. She said that I need to exercise every day. Ah, you don't need that
1: kind of energy in your life surely.
0: (laughs) I was pretty shocked that she said that. Like, intellectually I knew it (laughs) and I understood it. And then um, I don't know if we've discussed this before because I might have because I'm so shocked I tell people wherever I go. But I decided to start working on my core because you can lie down and watch TV while you're working on your core.
1: (laughs) But that is the foundation for everything else,
0: really. mm. And then um, I've been doing squats in preparation for ski season and then uh, my son very helpfully hops on my back and I (laughs) I squat with him on my back. I don't know how many kilos he is, but he's, he's almost 10 years old, not kilos, <laughs> and I can do 100 squats with him on my back. Jeez, that's mm. fair effort. It's hard work.
1: I couldn't do anything near that. I mean, without my minus the 10-year-old.
0: <laughs> I will say squats are easier when he's not on my back. <laughs>
1: oh, well, you're not going to be, you're going to pull up all right, I think, from your ski trip then.
0: I'm okay. The, the first night I had trouble sleeping, like, Every part of me hurt. <laughs> but I've come good now and I've I um I really found my groove today Erin. I really, I really had a skiing breakthrough. As part of my list of first world problems, I really felt I'd reached a plateau in my skill level and um, really had a breakthrough today, Erin, <laughs> just in time to, to go home. By gosh, I posted the other day, we've already seen it on the Instagram, the frozen eucalyptus porsiflora. Oh, yes, I saw that. Good Lord, much respect for them. God, they live in a tough environment. Are they the
1: variety that they? It gets called like is it like little snowman or little. These are the
0: these are the snow gums. Okay, yeah, and just um, oh God, they're magnificent. They're so beautiful even when they're covered in snow, and they're bent and they're twisted from the harsh environment that they live in. But they are just a stunning tree and. God, I've got a lot of respect for them. They live in such a harsh environment and they just keep going. They're fabulous. Maybe I need some of
1: those here. Do they have interesting gum nuts? Um, I'm all about interesting knobbly bits.
0: Look, you you wouldn't necessarily grow up for the knobbly bits. They have beautiful bark. But um, once upon a time, this is a horticultural story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how fitting since we're in the garden (laughs) vlog. There was a beautiful nursery worker. Let's call her Jamie. (laughs) beautiful nursery worker, grew some eucalyptus porciflora for a contract for the Botanical Gardens in Melbourne really um keep the voice up but what happened was i was working for this fabulous nursery that grew established trees and the royal botanical gardens in melbourne wanted a section they were doing this planting of eucalyptus porciflora but if they grow down on the flatlands they just grow straight up like a eucalypt might But they wanted them to look like they'd had the experience of growing in the mountains. So it was my job to weight them down with um, things and tie the branches to make them look like they'd, they'd grown under the conditions of gale force winds and snow.
1: Oh, are these, are these the ones that are in the Ian Potter children's garden?
0: It could very well be. I've never seen them. Oh, really? Oh, you've got to go yeah. there and have a look. I would say yes. Yes. How long ago was it? Oh, 20 years. Possibly. Could be. been in this game a long time. <laughs> yeah, there could be those. Yeah. Oh. Well, how interesting. I didn't know that. How did you weight them down? Um, With strings attached to branches and heavy metal washers, as in like nuts and bolts, I'd thread washers onto the string to weigh the branches down. And if the branch snapped, well, that's what happens in the mountains as well, Erin. So that was okay. Uh, Yeah. Authentic. Yeah. So just trying to get them to grow on interesting angles and make their lives look interesting. But If you discontinue that process, what happens is you'll have a weird and interesting trunk down the bottom and then they just grow straight up. Ah, okay. As is the will of the tree and the movement of the auxins to the growing tips.
1: (laughs) Oh, that was a happy ever after story.
0: Did you like the bit about the beautiful nursery worker?
1: I did. I did. Thank you. And Mm. I knew straight away it was you. Thank you. Uh, What else has been happening in your world of gardens? Tell you, I've got a big list
0: here. There's been so much happening and it shouldn't be because it's winter. Yes.
1: Oh, well, you go. You start
0: because I've got a small list. Well, so, you know, oh, something about me, obsessed, hydrangeas. Ah, yes. You know how people might talk about things energetically, like you call things into your life? I think I've overdone the hydrangea energy. It's starting to attract (laughs) other people in. Well, that's okay. Just share some of the hydrangea energy with me. I love them. Okay, I'll I'll do that with you. Because so this man rocked up at our door and he wanted to talk to my husband and I about, oh, I'd like to pick your hydrangea flowers that are still on the bush. I've got an event on on the weekend and I'll pay you for them. He's like, oh, I used to pick them when the previous owners lived here and I said oh yeah okay whatever yep cool and then I went oh hang on but you have to pick them and cut them back to a double bud he's like oh I'm like yeah (laughs) did you say I'm just gonna go out and cut them he tried to make it sound like like he was gonna give me $50 and like I don't really care about the money like whatever take some hydrangea flowers but I was quite adamant that they would be cut back Mm. to a double bud he didn't like that he's like oh you're right I'm like no I want flowers next year and he said oh oh, well if you cut them back to new wood they'll um they'll generally flower again I had the sense that this man was giving me the bs
1: so this not strike you at all like it would strike me as a bit odd if someone just knocked on my door and said hey I want to come and pick your flowers
0: this is um, this is Dandenong Rangers business. There's people that drive around and their job is picking flowers and foliage. And they'll go, I'll give you fifty dollars if you let me pick the foliage off your Copper Beach. Oh yeah,
1: okay. Um, yeah, I'd probably stop the Copper Beach
0: too. Um, they don't necessarily like you. That they, they don't have a, a farm set up. They drive around and look for foliage that they can pick. Oh, and they're so they florists there? No, they'd be people that sold to wholesalers. Okay. Yeah. So this guy had an event on and he needed hydrangeas for it and he wanted mine, but uh, I was, yeah, I was very adamant about the double bud thing. Oh, yeah. And, he, yeah, he seemed really a bit put out by that. He's like, oh, well, oh, I'll have to come and pick them myself then, because normally I'd, I'd send the other guy, but, oh, if you want them cut back to double buds, oh, I'll have to come and do that myself. And I'm like, yes, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and then because because I'm going to lose sleep over this, right? Mm-hmm. There are important things going on in the world and I'm going to lose sleep over the double buds or not. So I wrote a big note. I put it in a plastic sleeve mm-hmm. and attached it to my hydrangea bushes just in case he came while I wasn't home to pick Fair the enough. flowers to remind him. So have you
1: seen the result
0: yet? No, I didn't pick them. You scared uh, him off. I scared him off. With your double budness. The double bud, the adamant double bud scared him off, I think.
1: So well, are these what bluey purple hydrangeas or white
0: hydrangeas? Um, Well, they were bluey purple and some pink ones, but this time of year um, they've lost all that colour and they're sort of greeny bronze. Oh, I love it when they're
1: like that. Yes. Mm, I've got a print, mine, small one. Mine's still very small, the ones that you gave me, the white ones. Um, I've just been a bit too scared to.
0: I just posted you a video that told you not to be scared.
1: I know. I'm still scared. But maybe I'll do it if I can, you know, maybe I just need to put out my hydrangea vibe so that I can get some, you know, extra ones in so that I don't feel so worried if I don't get flowers for a few years
0: if I mangle them. Believe you didn't get me to prune them while I was there.
1: I know. I was thinking that. <laughs> maybe what I'll do, I'll put you on FaceTime while I walk down the hydrangea
0: lane. No, I'll go no, not that, one. yep, yeah, that one. No, yeah. not that one. That one. Let's let's prune on yeah, FaceTime. Do that. Yeah. That sounds hey, good. We be doing this, you know. We could like we could rent ourselves out to the listeners. Mm-hmm. FaceTime gardening services, and I could still I could do that in my slippers.
1: Oh yeah, we like that. Anything that still involves ugg boots. Mm.
0: I don't know if you remember, but a couple of years ago there was this thing. It was a pandemic. Oh um, yeah, pesky. And I taught horticulture online. My glory days of teaching. <laughs> But you can can teach horticulture in your slippers if you do it online. Something nice about that. Yeah. Well, something I've
1: been thinking of lately, because we're being gradually in between all the cold and wet these last few weeks, resetting the beds over winter and pulling a lot of things out. We've just got to. We haven't got lots of stuff, vegetables going at the moment. We've just mainly got greens. There's some onions that we're pulling up periodically when we need them. So we're just pulling everything out, covering it all with alpaca poo and leaves and letting it all sit there. So I'm planning my, you know, spring, summer crops and I'm going to put in. But then what I am doing, I'm noticing over winter, like our alpacas and our pigs we need to keep supplementary feeding them because they eat everything down and then when we get chickens next year thinking of planting some uh, vegetable beds that are just going to be food for the animals so i'm starting to think about that and i know that they do all like the greens so i can just you know throw heaps of silver beet. i always have silver beet seeds and kale but the pigs love a root vegetable mm. Mm. so I'm thinking but the good thing is they don't need to be as, you know, nice and perfect as they would be for human consumption. Though so I had some beetroots that I've just left in there that have just become enormous, enormous woody things that we would never cook, but the pigs love them. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I think maybe when I leave them in there for a while, there is no science to this. This is just me pondering. Maybe if I leave them there for a while, and particularly over winter, maybe the sugars develop a bit in the roots and they're a bit sweet. They also love again. a yeah, they also love a big zucchini that's, you know gone too long so yeah that's what I've been pondering lately
0: pop in an extra row of zucchinis even not in the veggie patch just random well, rando anywhere won't they mm. zucchinis well so. not at my house but at yours yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well and
1: Tom did pretty well with some pumpkins this year we've had a bit of trouble storing them with a few of them have gone moldy so did you leave their
0: stalks on
1: yeah he did um but i'm just wondering maybe they were not i don't know maybe maybe we cut them because we did have to take them off when we thought oh we could have left them a bit longer but then all the frost and the wet started coming in and so i think he took a punt and cut them a bit
0: early maybe i'm thinking about your your pigs and chickens and you're growing food for them Mm. my chickens are currently being babysat by my friend natasha oh yeah I have two chickens. It's a convenient number to drive to your friend's house. And because my chicken's very spoiled, do you know she told me my chickens are fat? How do you know if a chicken's fat? <laughs> felt them. Oh, really? Very intimate? she have got to pick them up to catch them to take them home again. Okay, right. She wasn't just... She's just randomly fondle my chickens.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know. We used to have a, a very friendly one that used to, you know, sit on your knee and used to like being carried around. But mm. um, but well, maybe she just has small chickens. Maybe yours are
0: big boned. I do have a very robust chicken. I can't remember what breed she is. She's a fabulous, fabulous lady. I really love her. Giant black chicken. But she's,
1: but she's like, very maybe nice. she's an Austral. She yes, thank you.
0: She is. Yeah, she is an Austral, and she um has feet that look like. Make it look like she should be a dinosaur. And <laughs> you pick her up, her feet are very warm.
1: Okay, good circulation.
0: Circulation. That's great, great quality in your chickens. But they're so Natasha, very spoiled. Oh, they're so spoiled. So Natasha checks in with me about how much I'm feeding them and what I'm feeding them. She told me I had to cut down on their seed unless the seed is germinated. Oh,
1: uh-huh. well, what does that it
0: do? Changes the oil components, changes um, changes your seed. It's the same for humans. I'll have to look oh, up the chemistry. Is this-
1: Along the lines of like activating your almonds, you know, that sort of thing. I
0: activated my chicken food. So I don't have time for that. (laughs) Oh, well, I was on school holidays and I have very spoiled chicken. (laughs) They're in a a small area when they go to Natasha, so I'm motivated to look after them. So Mm -hmm. I um, got some chicken seed uh, that you just buy from the stock food place, Mm -hmm. soaked it in boiling water, and then... Um, Sewed it in the bottom of some seedling trays Mm -hmm. and put it on the heated propagation bench at work Mm -hmm. for about five days and it all started to sprout. And then I send trays of sprouted seeds off with my chickens while they get babysat.
1: Oh, they are spoiled. Does it last them very long? Because I reckon my chickens that I used to have would have just gone through that in the first hour.
0: Well, it's just a bit of a treat. It's not their whole diet. Yeah, I must
1: admit. Over the winter time, when I would, used to get worried about my chickens getting a bit uh, cold, and also because they would um, cut back the lane quite a lot over the winter, I did in the morning when I'd make the kids like warm wheat bicks when they were young. I'd make a tray of warm wheat bicks um, slush for the chickens and uh, bring it out there. My God, they nearly knocked the door down. They were so excited. And they would get straight into that to
0: warm their tummies up and the eggs would start again. Our number one fan in the UK, Jackie, mm-hmm. um, she she used to feed her chickens warm organic oats in winter and they loved them. But then she had a little problem of they refused all other food. They were like, nah, if it's not the warm organic <laughs> oats, we're not interested.
1: Oh, they, but they do have small brains, don't they, chickens? <laughs>
0: Brains, like chicken brains. Oh, um, I've got other seed news. So while I was in at work, I was germinating seed, and I did a round of the nursery. And I've posted some videos in the last few weeks about I'm a bit late with this. I'm a bit late with that. Cutting wise, I forgot to pick everlasting daisy seed. Ah, right. Yes. However, oh what I discovered was that the everlasting daisy seed, where well, it said to me, don't worry, babe, we've got gotcha. you. Oh, really? It's germinating in the seed heads on the plant. Do you know,
1: I've got, I just went out and I was watering in my greenhouse today and everything is coming up and thinking, oh, geez, I really got to get beds turned over and get all this stuff in, except the bloody everlasting daisies. Have the silvery rose that I searched out and bought, and you know, made all soil blocks for, put it in out of uh, I think three big seedling trays. So it's probably like oh, two hundred and ten soil block. I have three oh, that have come up. That hurts. That hurts. When you say I've oh, done nothing, I've just gone out there and gone. They're so willing. They're just germinating out of seed head.
0: Mine's mine's not a fancy schmancy variety. Yeah, um,
1: maybe it, maybe that's the key.
0: <laughs> yes. It's worse than that. They're sitting in pots in the greenhouse on weed mat and some of the seed has fallen onto the weed mat. Oh, and that's shut up. That's germinating too on the weed mat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Photos. I'll send you photos. No, don't. (laughs) <laughs> um, it's content it's content Erin oh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but so I picked the seed heads off and I've popped them into a seedling tray of potting mix and um, popped them on the propagation bench it might be a bit too wet on there for them because it's uh, it gets misted but mm-hmm. I didn't pull them apart I thought I'll oh, wait till they get roots and then um then I'll separate them then maybe. I was I was vaguely amused that the plants were looking after me when I can't get it together to get everything done.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves, don't worry.
0: <laughs> Sorry, Jamie, we've got this one. You clearly don't. We've got it.
1: Well, I was only talking about greenhouse. I was today when I was out there because I'm we've got a bit of a DIY misting system that's hooked up, which is okay, but it's not. You still have to supplement it because it doesn't cover everything. So I think that's going to be my job for this coming up to this summer. I'm going to have to get a better you know one that is just automatic i can just do a set and forget a bit all right but don't wait till
0: summer to do it
1: good point i should do that in the start of spring shouldn't i
0: why now in the start of spring <laughs> not same. this it's month I've, I've, I've um i've just heard about what your july looks like so no uh <laughs> let's leave it till august or september oh, yes. yeah, put, put that in a note. Yep. and then recently i think I, I think i sent you a photo of this i had a birthday recently Yes. Geez, I got a ripper present. Oh, tell the listeners what your ripper present was. Well, my husband and son bought me my very first own ever chainsaw. Because they know you're a tradie wife. They know I'm a tradie wife. They bought me the still mini boss. Mm -hmm. And I was You know, I
1: did show that photo to farmer Tom. I said, look what um Andy gave Jamie for her birthday. And he went,
0: Oh, the still mini boss. (laughs) <laughs> he loves chainsaw. Tom's my audience. Oh, so I got this, I got this fabulous package. Like there was this gift wrap or gift bag. And in the gift bag was the little toolkit and instruction manual for the steel mini boss and bath bombs and smelly soap. Oh, what a lovely combination. I love a bath bomb. So bath bombs and chainsaw, chainsaw, I cried. And <laughs> Andy's like, you you cry. Like just looked at me like, what's going on? Because you talk about it all the time. He's right. I've, I've mentioned several times, you know, well, if I had my own chainsaw, you know, I could just just pop out and do that because Andy's chainsaw is too big for me. So mm, I can is... I could barely lift it. So what are you going to be using it on? Oh, um, smaller logs. Well, you know, um, say for example, we've just had a relatively small tree fall on the trampoline. I can sort that out now. Mm. What I worked out during this process, like you and I have talked tradie wife versus trad wife, Mm-hmm. Aaron, if I wanted to be a trad wife I'm not sure I could like I cried with joy over my own chainsaw
1: yeah I know <laughs> I think we know where you sit in that Venn diagram
0: <laughs> you know if the trad wives want me I could get in on their group even if I did want to be a trad wife like feel like you know I, maybe I'm materialistic although my so I, I told my brother what I got for my birthday and how happy I was his best friend tim called me and um tim's like i just spoke to your brother he was telling me what you got for your birthday and he's like i just need to check that this story is correct that apparently you were so happy you cried.' and i'm like it's it's true tim it's it's true that's what happened and he's like you're a unique individual aren't you he's like you know most women want diamonds i'm like oh tim i can't chop firewood with diamonds (laughs) totally understandable (laughs) i gonna do with diamonds <laughs> the youth of australia are really happy though Look, um we try and have logs at work for them to split wood because wood splitting is a valuable skill uh, Diamond I think wearing that
1: would be excellent not- also for you know the angst and energy the teenagers all of that and go out and split some logs because it's a very sad so it's a hard thing to do Split logs and very then, satisfying isn't it but yes when you see a little pile there I mean I just go out not even doing the splitting but just go and collecting all the firewood and I just come in and I stack up all the my firewood ring that's out on the deck and then I bring all the dry stuff in put it stack it inside in front of the fireplace I feel very accomplished after that
0: Oh, yeah. I also worked out that um, what I need in my life is small children as as slave labour. I um, took my son and my two nieces to help me load the ute with firewood. Oh, it was good. They're small enough to fit in the canopy of the ute. And I, <laughs> I strongly dislike stretching my leg up into the back of the ute to get onto the tailgate, crouching down to stack wood and then getting back out, putting more wood in and getting up again. But if you take children with you Mm. on the promise of, I'll get you a hot chocolate on the way home. Well, I tell you, that was some productive woodwork and I um, yeah, was really, really
1: happy with that. Well, I'm still trying to get my um, teenager back onto that, some weeding for me. I thought that it was going to be a bonanza of weeding these school holidays, but unfortunately it's been very wet where we are. It's all holidays so far, so he's hardly done any. But I did suggest that I could get him some wet weather gear and just keep pushing on with it
0: yeah hopefully we get a bit more of that sorry fabulous thing on insta i don't know if you follow them i'm just trying to think who it was but it was a man with an umbrella strapped to his back in a particular fashion yeah yeah
1: yeah i think Um, you sent me that one
0: little lindock farm maybe yeah yeah
1: yeah that's it yeah um i I did actually and when i saw that once upon a time i might have thought that looks ridiculous but now i'm like yeah that'd work
0: (laughs) Happened to you You've changed. I've changed. My priorities have changed, <laughs> I
1: think, but I've got so much weeding and stuff to get through. So there was a little period there where we've got you know those like pop up three by three meter sort of awning camping shelter things. Yeah. So we've had one of those for years that we used for camping. At some point some years ago, the, the cover, the fly, the you know, thing that you put over it has got all ripped and you know, wrecked in a storm. And so that's gone. But we've still got the frame, which is perfectly fine. But well, once upon a time we just sort of go yeah, but I mean, it's a little bit rusty, but it's okay. We're kind of wanted to just chuck that out, you know. And now we're both standing there looking at it, trying to work out how we could fit some more stuff in the garage. And then we're looking at that going, where can we put that up? Let's put that because we can grow something on that or that can, that can cover stuff in the rain. We can keep frost off something with that. Yeah. We're starting to think that might be a frost cover for something like citrus trees or something like that. We'll see. It'll probably that'll or good. just
0: glass it in.
1: Tom did. He did momentarily think of that. And I was like, oh God.
0: <laughs> now I'm, I'm seeing you in a couple of days. Yes, I am. One of the things on our list to do is we're going to see the Chelsea Australian Garden in Olinda.
1: Mm, I'm
0: looking Um, forward to that. The designed Johnson. by Philip Johnson, and I think in conjunction with so Philip Johnson designed it, and I think Fleming's Nursery, part of the team that implemented it at the Chelsea Garden Show in England, and they won a gold medal. That was ten years ago, and oh, so um, long ago. Goodness. Yeah, and just this this very week or two ago, a week hmm. or two ago. I'm not that sure that that's an actual time expression. <laughs> Um, this month, this month in June, think, um, they've just opened it. Yeah, is it whereabouts in melinda Just next door to the National Rhododendron Gardens.
1: Oh, handy! Yes, <laughs> guess what? You and I are doing on Saturday or Sunday? We gonna do a walkthrough Maybe we can do a, can uh, do a little yeah.
0: recorded chat
1: while we're walking oh. through.
0: I think so. I think like let's do voice memos and try and and catch us in the moment, Erin. Mm, let's do that. Hey, do you know
1: just fun fact that Philip Johnson's team designed my mother in law's garden? Really, and
0: that's a selling point if she ever decides to sell. Mm. She should definitely have that on the real estate. Yes, you know, Philip he's very Johnson. big. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, I wonder if she knows that. I'll tell
1: you yeah. that. Ben, it's she's got this lovely little water feature with a sort of pond with a waterfall and these granitic sand paths around the place and you know, rocks and lots of um, mainly natives in there. But, uh, yeah, it's that's, that's really lovely. And it's it yeah. was really because they'd always had quite an adventurous garden, I should say, with sculpture and um, they had water features in there. But um, I think as they got older, they were sort of working out how to have that, that sort of style of garden, but so that it was um, practical for them to maintain and to be able to get around. Yeah, so they, that's what they achieved. And it has been really achievable for them. And it's, yeah, it's really, very pleasant. Well, I was, um, I've been making a list. Well, I have many lists. I have many lists of many plants. And I've been making a list lately of all the, the perennials and the things that I keep seeing that I want to plant. Because I think perennials are the way to go for me. I think that's going to be more feasible, even for my cut flowers. Do you know something that I've just become a bit obsessed with lately, and they're actually quite expensive if you want to buy them in bulk, are the big drumstick alliums? Oh, yes. Yeah, so I just tried half a dozen of them, or a dozen of them last year in the garden to see how easy are they going to be. And they came up and they were beautiful, really lovely. So now my, and I didn't lift them or anything, I've left them in the garden bed. So my, my second gate that they've got to get through is will they return? Will they have rotted in the ground or will they return and will they be as pretty this year? So I'll let you know in a couple of months. And if they do, I think that might be my uh, lash-out expense next year. It's
0: all systems go the drumstick. Although I like the drumstick.
1: Oh, so do I. I think there's a few different, a couple of different varieties. So I'm going to mm. have to look into that. To see which are the ones I like. That the ones I think there's a couple that the one has a looser sort of head, yes, and then there's another one that's sort of a bit tighter, really yes. fuller, which I quite like. Mm. I um,
0: I think I sent you pictures last year of the humble brown onion flowering. Mm. Yeah, but that um, look very pretty though. I um, I said when when I do propagation with my students, one of the propagation techniques that we do is called twin scaling. Mm -hmm. and uh say for example you have an onion and you know if you're going to cook it or if you 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 leave them in your cupboard too long they start to grow yeah so they've got a leafy end Mm -hmm. and on the opposite end they have sort of like a hard plate where you can sort of see dried roots on when you yeah. cut that end off. Mm-hmm. So that hard dried end where the roots would have been, that hard bit's called a basil plate. Mm-hmm. And if you cut your onion lengthways, so through where they'd have leaves, through the middle mm-hmm. so that you would end up with two halves and each half would have a piece of basil plate on it, Mm -hmm. then your onion will grow. So we cut onions into halves or quarters depending on the size of it and this is a way of multiplying your bulbs without waiting for them to put on a new one each year. For example, if I desperately needed more brown onions in my life, I could mm. cut my brown onion into quarters, and as long as it's got a piece of basil plate, it will grow a whole new onion.
1: So, are you telling me this because you think this may work for my drumstick allium? Yes,
0: but I've mm. never seen the the drumstick allium bulb. But what I might do is I'm, I'll buy some and I'll um I'll test drive it for you. Oh yeah. Oh, see,
1: this is the advantage of having a horticultural master as a friend. Yeah, yeah, let's I'll call just, her a master.
0: i will just, just test that. Just get that on a T-shirt for me.
1: Yeah, horticultural master.
0: Yeah. Oh, like pointing up. Like. <laughs> but well, because not- I'm very short, people would be looking up and looking over my head.
1: <laughs> Who's the master? Where? The other thing that um also I keep looking at pictures of is a um, Estrantia. Stranchier?
0: Give me a picture. Estrantia. Have you got one on your phone? Uh, I'll yes. talk. You you send me a picture. So with it, I'm going to go back to the onions for a minute. So mm. every year I do twin scaling of bulbs with my students and we put the onions in little pots in the greenhouse just so that we can keep track of them and label them. And in December, oh, summer months, they they flower and I picked a lot of onion flowers just for um, sort of Christmassy arrangements for work. Yeah um and they are such a wonderful architectural feature in a a flower arrangement and I just love that this is your humble brown onion that's probably in your cupboard right now makes beautiful flowers
1: because I haven't used those onion flowers in a like an arrangement or anything do they smell oniony
0: no maybe that, I, see the, I see the pictures that you've sent me and I don't know it it's
1: lovely it's is lovely isn't it I don't know that it's a very long-lived perennial but yeah I think they're really nice however and I have thought oh I've, I've bought some seeds I'll give them a go mm-hmm. I need to look into how to increase the germination didn't get a terrific rate and then I did mention it to someone else another flower grower who has been growing them for some years and I said, oh, this, I love them. I'm going to grow some of those. And she just sort of looked at me like, oh, yeah, good luck with that. I think maybe they're a bit tricky. So I'm going to have to look at, try a few different things. Like maybe they're one of those ones who like bottom heat. I don't know whether they like cold stratification. I'd have to look into it a bit more.
0: You know, well, I think this is where, like, I'm going to suggest this to you. Now, it's not something that I would be able to manage, But, gosh, it's going to sound like great advice. You ready? (laughs) I'm ready. You probably have a notebook where you write down everything and you'd be doing that alphabetically by plant name and you'd be taking notes on how you sowed it, what technique you used, the time of year, whether you had bottom heat, whether your soil blocked it, where you got the seed from. All of this sort of information is probably in a journal at your house as we speak.
1: Mm, Of course it is.
0: Me too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's how I roll.
1: Yes, but that is definitely what. Oh, actually, I have just read they. If you live in a warmer area, which I don't, but you may need to place your seed in the refrigerator for six weeks before sowing. And that is called stratification. That's right. So I did not do that. <laughs> not in a warm climate I'm not um but I probably sewed them at the slightly I got a bit excited and sewed them a
0: bit early probably Mm. okay well something you and I keep talking about is the time of year of things Mm. there's there's a time of year for some things and particularly if they're fussier plants I don't think you can get all freewheeling
1: yeah I think you're right and you know a book that I very much enjoy and I think is a it's a little book and it's hugely practical, which is Cool Flowers by Lisa Mazen ziegler um, We really need to start this like a weekly book club or something here where we share a few of our very favourite books. But um, I've probably spoken about this one before. I refer to it all the time and she is very, very strong on that. Lisa talks about Don't be tempted to go and put this stuff out now because you're only going to get disheartened. It's not going to work. And just about when you master the timing for, you know, whatever zone you're in and you get that right, then you're going to have no trouble. I'm still mastering the timing with a lot of my things quite
0: clearly. Are you also following her advice? Sometimes wish the uh, listeners could have seen your face as you ran through like the sort of your, your face was moving your mouth was moving but you were trying to find the word to it which yeah so I yeah, nah. Nah. I
1: think I'm going to and I look it up and then sometimes life just I think if I all I had to do was sow flowers I would follow it religiously you know, month in, month out, and sometimes things get in the way, and it gets bumped a little bit this way. Or I realise I've got this for the coming months. So I've only got this weekend to do it. I could be better at that. I could be a bit stricter.
0: I think one of the great things about you and I, Erin, is that we've got room for improvement. That's right. I'm not going to tell you <laughs> how much room I've got. A bit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I might have five
0: acres of improvement. So,
1: <laughs> are you getting out your favourite book again to read to us? <laughs>
0: You talked books, and I felt that was a cue. We haven't discussed this, but you know, along with hydrangeas, I'm obsessed with this book, *The Drunken <laughs> Botanist* by Amy Stewart. There's certain sections that I love, but I love it all over again. Partly because, and I can't remember if I've told you this, because my memory is fluid need for <laughs> a word to call my memory. Great things about this book is that I don't remember everything in it, and it's such a joy over again when i read <laughs> it's like having a sequel same book that i don't have to go and buy again now, now oh, we already did
1: the the jesus tree or the jesus palm
0: the jesus seeds yes yeah, the
1: jesus seeds we did that
0: yes we did and of course everyone went and looked up the youtube bbc video Mm-hmm. of that and i think i marked this section and i was just trying to remember why i know why i've um, been in some very nice grape but growing territory mm. uh, driving through it driving around it looking at it and testing some of the produce in oh, the nice. last week so in this fabulous book i'm in the section to do with grapes fairly american centric but um, a lot of that's fine and it's, it's pretty interesting stuff because, um, you know, colonisation, mm. you know that hasn't just happened here. That's happened all around the world. Yes. There's pesky Europeans. Well, they went to the Americas and um, the Americas had grapes already. Europe had grapes Mm -hmm. but america had its own grapes i'm just going to read you a grape section not because it's exciting about the grape oh there's some fantastic pests and diseases that i want to read Uh, to you about
1: yeah okay
0: oh have i got the right bit with how they basically what happened was right i'm not going to read to you i'm just going to paraphrase and oh gosh i hope i've got this right i think i do right you europeans they rock up in the americas they go hey this looks like a great place there's not too many people here at the moment, so why don't we, for purposes of religious freedom, move here? So there's native grapevines growing in the Americas and the grapevines that um, the Europeans took with them to America didn't grow well. There were uh, different climate conditions And they didn't thrive. And so this is why the American colonisers, can I call them that? Yeah, I can. They were either taking wine with them or they were fermenting other crops that they could grow, but they, they weren't growing wine successfully there. So the European varieties didn't grow well in America. Um, And then they found these American varieties growing, but they didn't make tremendous wine, but they thought they might make a really hardy rootstock. So they came up with this amazing idea of why don't we send some of these American vines to Europe? Bloody love. They can use them as an upstock and graft onto them. And uh, one of the little problems was, though, they sent with them. This is pre-biosecurity. Of course you
1: know yep. this is days of the Mayflower
0: <laughs> yes so part of this is to do with Thomas Jefferson he had the great idea of sending some grapevines I'm gonna so I'll read you a bit here what Jefferson didn't know and what no one knew until later in the 19th century was that the sturdy American grapevines were resistant to attacks by a tiny aphid-like pest called phylloxera. It's got the scientific name here, but I Mm -hmm. can't pronounce it. Phylloxera was native to America. European grapes had no such resistance, which explained why imported vines planted in American soil wilted. Before anyone realised this, however, Americans had sent a gift of native grapevines to France. Unfortunately, those, those vines were infested with phylloxera they went right to work attacking the vineyards and this tiny American pest went on to devastate the French wine industry in the 19th century oh really and then there's some interesting breeding bits I think it's in here I'm pretty sure it's this pest does this amazing breeding thing where you know there's some insects that can clone themselves have we discussed this before I don't think so. Oh, and my God, it's today. so cool. So you aphids and thrip mm-hmm. and stick insect, they can all find themselves. And are,
1: really? Is that why it's so hard to get rid of aphids?
0: Uh, no, but um, I just. <laughs> How do they clone
1: themselves, I wonder?
0: So, oh, oh, oh I found the section. You're going to love this. All right. So at first, no one knew what was killing the vines. In fact, it took decades to simply understand the creature, much less find a way to kill it its life cycle is unlike anything scientists had ever seen. First, a generation of female phylloxera are born that never mate, Mm -hmm. never go on a single date, but are capable of giving birth anyway. The next Mm -hmm. generation is the same way. And the next, so that one generation of females is born after another. When? Once a year, a batch of males finally emerge. They exist only to mate and die. The poor creatures are not even given a digestive tract. Oh, the males That's the- no, no point. There's no need. Uh, The poor creatures, oh, yes, no digestive tract, uh, the males will not enjoy a single meal in their short, sex-filled lives. Once their job is complete, the females continue without them for several more generations. Their habitat changes too. During one stage of their life cycle, they introduce leaves um, in the form of galls, protective plant growths that hide the creatures, and during another stage, they vanish underground to attack roots, by the time phylloxera was finally understood, France's wine industry was nearly obliterated. How dramatic is that? Very dramatic. I know. Wow,
1: oh, fascinating. I've got to go, I've got that book sitting on my shelf in the living room. I have to go back and read some more of that.
0: Look, and if you're someone who seems to be traveling on public transport for work or in your cars like I know everyone's busy listening to our podcast but that only comes out every once every couple of weeks you should definitely get this book as a talking book Mm, good idea I got the hard copy and then I got it as a talking book we listen to it on long drives Mm. and it's it's botany history science alchemy it's Mm. delightful Oh, I'll have to give that a go. Yeah, do that. But, yeah, so aphids aphids don't need a mate. The females can just pop out clones of themselves. Oh, that's fascinating. So they can reproduce sexually and asexually. And stick insects do the same. The friends that we've been visiting at the snow, they've got pet um, stick insects and... And I didn't know this about them until they were explaining, oh yeah, they've got eggs. I'm like, oh, so you got males and females. And they're like, oh no, you know, she can just pop out eggs and they'll all be clones of her. So they'll all be they'll all be female. Wow, this is fascinating business. It is interesting. I've
1: actually recently been telling my 14-year-old because he's having to do subject selections for next year. And he's keen on science. I don't know which branch of science to go into. And I <laughs> guiding him towards things like entomology and ecology because I think that he could then work for one of those companies and then start his own like the bugs for bugs yeah like for biological control
0: I used to work with this fabulous young woman who did a science degree and got a six-month contract with the CSIRO straight out of uni Studying this type of beetle that was brought into control, I think it's water hyacinth or something, it's a it's a difficult weed or aquatic plant that is, um, causes a lot of issues, particularly in the Northern Territory of Australia. She spent six months watching these beetles be amorous with each other. Oh, other really? Because they couldn't tell oh. them apart unless they killed them and they didn't want to do that. Oh. So... Gosh. She then had to <laughs> watch the beetles. I think she had to pull them out, and separate them into, well, this beetle was on top. So traditionally in the beetle mating positions, this one would then be your male, and the one underneath would be your mm-hmm. female, so that yes. they could study them more closely and made assumptions that largely this group was gendered in a particular way. And yeah. I'm like, that what a, what a job. That is actually a sensational six-month gig. He had this um, fabulous T-shirt that went with it, so it was the oh, really? it was the beetle with its scientific name on it. I'm like, oh, I love your T-shirt. <laughs> that was a work uniform. Well, it was work uniform, but I think he had to work on the project to get one because I'm like, oh, gee, I really like that.
1: <laughs> I quite like water hyacinths, but I guess yeah, they it, But I guess you know everything's a weed if it's out of balance.
0: we were discussing this in the last episode about what is mm. a weed, like where mm. is it growing? And what's it doing to its environment? And I'm so glad that you brought this up, Erin, because straight after our wonderful discussion with Katrina, I mentioned to my friend Natasha, the chicken sitter, Mm -hmm. chicken babysitter. She doesn't sit on my chickens. Um, oh, I'm saying to her, because she has got a tremendous collection of wandering trad. So I was very excited. I'm like, I have just had the best conversation. This is what I learned about putting them in the barrels with a bit of chicken poo. And then. The same day, within hours, I get these photos from her husband. His brother have cleared half the backyard, and they've put the trad in barrels. Oh, and they're trying to really? clear it. And I'm like, "Wow, you people were clearly inspired, and you were proactive." Yeah. Gee, that's impressive.
1: Yeah. Same day. Yeah. Gee, I wonder if I could come here and do some work with my weeds.
0: <laughs> have you got trad? No. Oh, they're motivated to get rid of trad. Got bromex. So um, that's a different but, sort. Because one of the trad problems is that it makes things like if you have a dog, lots of dogs are really allergic to it and they get mm. very itchy with the trad. And I don't know if we've discussed this, but one of the things that amuses me about wandering trad is so when, when I started out in horticulture, it had a politically incorrect name. Ah, uh, yes. That was what we used to call it when we had it. Yeah. At Croydon. Yes. Yeah. So the common name for it was wandering Jew as in J-E-W and I've Mm. had some very confusing conversations with people about oh you know because it's now wandering trad and they're like no I don't understand I'm like well because it wasn't wasn't politically correct because it was called wandering Jew Mm. they thought and had always thought that it was wandering D-E-W. Yeah well I could understand that wandering so, so sometimes i'm having these conversations with people and look it's not uncommon for people to look confused <laughs> while i'm talking to them <laughs> but they but, were
1: wondering what's wrong with you
0: <laughs> with your i i'm like what no no it wasn't that and then they're like are you sure i'm like i'm sure that's why they called it wandering Tread. <laughs> and it's wandering Tread because it's tradiscantia isn't it ascantia yes yeah Is the genus you can get some fabulous Garden varieties of Tradescantia. So, if, if you might have noticed this, Erin, at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show, mm. they have some very nice garden bed plantings there and they've got a beautiful purple leaf yes, variety. The purple one's quite pretty. Tradescantia. I can't remember the species name. Me neither. But Problem with yeah. just being spontaneous and not planning out <laughs> everything I'm ever going to say to you. <laughs> Well,
1: when I do come up and see on the weekend, I was going to say um, there's something that I want to try to collect and try out to adorn some winter reeds that I've got going here, which is, uh, you know, bracken ferns and they turn a nice bronzy colour. Yeah, well, I was thinking that up in your neck of the woods, there might be great swathes of that maybe at the back of your sister's property or something that's
0: what i was thinking
1: yeah i'm hoping to be able to cut some of that and take it back with me
0: no i think i've got some at work
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to go, you know, knocking on people's doors or stealing anyone's. Okay, I'll give
0: you 50 bucks for your bracken.
1: <laughs> but I thought if it was, you know, people were wanting some stuff cleared out anyway, <laughs> I could just go and do some clearing.
0: Lovely to have someone rock up at your door and go, oh, Excuse me, I just wondering, would you like your bracken cleared out? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Can I take your wandering trad? You know, it's a resource. And this is the thing about weeds like, you know, bracken mm. can be considered a weed, even though it's a native plant, because it could just take over. So if you were looking to just have mm. pasture. So it's about, you know, one person's weed is another person's resource and that's, that's what I'm right. planning on turning my wandering trad into is, is soil, a resource. Mm, a resource. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty
1: interesting about turning it into soil. Well, I'm going to have a, uh, a new garden to start working on soon because my mum is moving to the town I live in. So she will have a courtyard garden in her little place. I haven't had a courtyard garden since I was like in my early 20s somewhere. So I think her problem though is going to be, fitting all of her pots in there. So I did four trips from her place to mine with her pots, like in a trailer. So you can imagine four trailer loads of pot plants, uh, mainly succulents, um, that she wants to fit in this very small courtyard. So that is going to be a challenge.
0: <laughs> you want to keep some all? Well, we
1: actually didn't. There were, We left a whole lot there that we just thought, Look, I, th- I don't know that we can do any more trips now. I think we're running out of time, so that we prioritised and cut it down. <laughs> I think even she was a bit shocked at how many it turned out to be. Mum really
0: likes succulents. Does your mum really likes succulents.
1: Well, I think she has come round to them in um, the last how many years? You know, later in life, I think she's um, found that there's a whole lot of different you know shapes and colours and ones that she quite likes. Because yeah, I can imagine early on, I. I- I can't remember growing up that we ever had them. I think it's just later in life she thought, oh, well, these ones sort of are tough, they survive everything else. She's still very partial to a fuchsia and a geranium. So, yeah, we've got some of those. So, anyway, we'll see.
0: I was thinking of your mum as I flipped through the online Tesalars catalogue and they have a violet variety in there called freckles it reminds me of your mum because I'm pretty sure in the 90s your mum bought five different violet varieties and I didn't know they came in anything except for the purple that was in um, my (laughs) mum's garden and so every time I look at freckles I think about your mum (laughs) and she's completely moved away from this yeah although she
1: did have she did have violets in the garden there. We will see. uh And speaking of violets, I was actually thinking they're one of those ones that I was like, oh, I'd like to be able to grow some of those because they grow over winter. If only you could get some taller varieties. And so I've looked into this. And so the Rococo variety of violets or violas, some people can get them up to thirty centimetre tall stems. So I thought, hmm, I'm going to look into that. Would be nice a
0: little posy.
1: Yes. Can I look? Look. look. What are you going to say? You've got this look on your face. That's like, look. oh, I'm going tell you something you don't want to hear now?
0: I see the price of them locally is a bunched flower and you have these tiny posies and they're ten dollars each because they're very low to the ground, and it takes a truckload of them to make a bunch. It
1: does, and actually, I had some early experience doing this when I was a child, and my father worked on a flower farm out, not too far from you, out um, in the Yarra Valley. And there was, they had, he would normally work on the farm cutting the chrysanthemums, and then there was another farm where they had violets, rows and rows of violets going down the hill. And that was where the ladies worked. And so we would be able to go over there and pick. And I remember the ladies there who would pick, um, it was between 70 and 80 violets they would pick to make one little posy. And then they would pick the leaves and fold them around the outside in a little shape. And so they told us we could pick little ones of 10 to 20 to take home, uh, like mini posies. So yes, it took a lot and they are very fiddly.
0: So I'm thinking for you, because I'm thinking work smarter, <laughs> not harder.
1: Yes, but, you're thinking no. thinking <laughs> you no,
0: unless you want to do it for the sheer joy of them. Because Because otherwise, all I'm thinking is go bigger. Branches of catkins, not posies of violence. Ah, uh, yes,
1: I, I'm yeah, still for the idea of catkins. And actually, after Tom and I said no more trees this winter. And We're not putting buying any more trees and putting things in. <laughs> he was out roaming the orchard today and came back and said maybe just six more. Well, oh, which ones? <laughs> Particularly, want some more hazelnuts. Pins or nuts? He he wants them for nuts. I want them for catkins. Does he
0: listen to our podcast? No. so why don't I just hook you up with six hazelnut plants and he'll never know what he's going to get then oh look Tom Jamie gave me six hazelnut plants
1: perfect let's do that um there Um, is I think he had bought he had bought five or six and um one of them died and they were particular varieties that he wanted you know for pollination and and so there he's got to look into which is the one that's died and replace that exact one Or his grand plan, Um, and I actually think one of the chestnut trees might have died. Very young chestnut tree, Um, and possibly with a nectarine. But I don't know if I'm going to bother with that. I think we stick with what we know is growing really well here. The apples, the pears, the apricots and the plums, quints are all doing really well here. So I think for our home orchard, we're just going to stick to those things.
0: Um, Now, I'm thinking about your orchard. I'm visualising it. You can Mm -hmm. see because you were looking at me via Zoom that I am (laughs) gesturing to my brain and my eyes, the visualisation of your orchard. Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. I've looked into it. You need to cut your Christmas trees as in, Oh, here I am signalling the, snipping, <laughs> the motion snipping motion with my fingers to so you. I'm cutting the top off them. Yes, and where you cut them is where they will shoot from. Mm-hmm. So, where do? You, how long do you want your Christmas tree stem? And then to get them to bush out, you're going to chop them at that height or a little bit higher Mm. and that's where they'll shoot from and you'll get multiple shoots from around the trunk
1: okay all right okay and um
0: so I checked with my boss because he's growing them and I asked him about them and I've got some in the work nursery that I didn't get planted out so we potted them up and Mm. I did some pruning of those to test them out and yes they will shoot from where you cut the top out of them so before yours get too big and you mm. might already have a couple in there that are too big, but mm. it'd be worth chopping them to see what they do because they're not going to make a Christmas tree shape in their current form. Yeah.
1: So I could just, but you know, I could those ones I might be cutting, you know, quite a bit out of them. And the other yes. ones I'll be cutting a small amount out yes. of them.
0: Yes. And yeah. and some okay. of them, even I was I was tip pruning and I might be taking a couple of centimetres off them mm. just to get them to, to shoot out at the right height. So you need to be doing, I know you're very busy this month, but I'd pop it on your list for next month. Um, because mine have started growing already so you could get your Christmas trees growing this season as in you need to get them to start bushing up so I talked a great game of in my own mind (laughs) I was going to collect just the seed from the pom-pom varieties oh anyone listening out there feel free to message us what's that you've got too many dahlia pom-pom varieties and you want to send us some tubers well you go right ahead okay
1: we'll <laughs> help you out
0: <laughs> what, what's that you've got too much seed from your daily pom-pom varieties well we can help you with that also <laughs> because I didn't pick any seed from my pom-poms which was oh, my no. only goal <laughs> I got distracted did, did you get seed from your other ones the only seed I was very disciplined this year Apart from that, like, I mean, I was late picking the one I just wanted. Didn't pick any other seed except from cafe Olay. Okay. And just more out of interest than anything else because I've seen some interesting seedlings on Instagram. But I'm not going to grow 350 this year. Good idea. I've still got to deal with all the (laughs) pots in the nursery at work with all these dahlias. I think I'm just going to dig a line, put a row of dahlias in just for decorative purposes at work. Yeah, Yeah, I'm Um, not. I'm not going to go in
1: on the dahlia tuber buying this year. It was just so manic last year and then, you know, I had so much trouble last with them all getting wet and it didn't have great success last season. So I just think oh, I can't go all in on something like that. There's many other people who specialise in it and are great at it.
0: I've got a fabulous um, one that I'm, I'm, I've i got a couple of spare clumps earmarked for you that I think is sensational as a cut flower great big boofy creamy white one sort of there's similar tones to cafe au lait throughout the season sometimes it's just white sometimes similar tones to cafe au not not in the pink range though so i'll hook you up with that but yeah i'm not i've been very disciplined i haven't bought any ranunculus i've bought no daffodil bulbs i'm not buying any dahlias yeah i have got some more renunks in um, and I'm
1: actually I'm still putting more in at the moment because I've found that um, here I can do a few a few successions and they'll keep coming for a while as long as it doesn't get too hot too early as long as here we have quite a, a cool spring a cool long spring so they'll keep going for a bit here because they'll that the heat is what are the longer daylight hours I think is what finishes them off here so I can afford to put some in a bit later so yeah I'm going to keep doing those what was my thing oh do you know what I really loved last season in summer I love the zinnias I hadn't really grown many zinnias before and I just found a few varieties that I really, really loved. And so I'm going to um, get some more zinnia seed. And I did them all from seed. Gee, that was successful doing them from seed. Though. They're, speaking of a plant that wants to grow, a zinnia wants
0: to grow. It's your answer, isn't it? Like, you know, finding those things, like you said, you've tested them out, you know, what's growing, what's going to work for you. And, and there mm-hmm. are going to be some some fussy things that maybe at this stage in your working life, Erin, when you're working full-time as well as trying to run a flower farm, mm-hmm. maybe the fussiest stuff's for in a few years' time, maybe if you're yeah. not working full-time, that maybe <laughs> yeah, now that's right. is the time for hardy perennials that you can grow.
1: Yeah, well, I'm quite looking for, I, I'm quite enjoying the um, propagating from cuttings and I'm finding that very satisfying. So, I'm going to do a big, that's what I'm going to focus on, I think, over summer. Like I will do some, you know, annuals that I like, you know, being able to sell a few buckets here and there of the things that I like. But yeah, I think I'm going to do a lot more propagation this summer because I, I really enjoyed that.
0: Love propagation.
1: Mm. i think i think it's my favorite horticultural thing
0: i love pruning as well as long as someone else is doing the tidying up
1: but you do much fancier sort of complicated propagation than i do i'm like i'm just talking about taking cuttings of things like you do all the grafting and those sorts
0: of things as well not every day of the week that's just not every day of the week you know oh but I, I love doing cuttings you know like i did contract propagation this year through summer and autumn and it fills my heart with joy i love it <laughs>
1: Oh, that's good. I mean, <laughs> you need to have a bit of that stuff, a bit of joyful work to do.
0: It's, it's also great work because I was doing it on my own. I can listen to podcasts and listen mm. to music I'm more interested in podcasts than music I love mm. someone having a little intelligent chat to me I've learned about all sorts of things there's an amazing ABC science podcast called what the duck oh gosh they talk about some interesting business
1: oh, I'm writing this one down what yes. the duck? okay yeah um my kids often when he goes to bed listens to it's no such thing as
0: a fish oh I don't Um, know that one
1: yeah so that's the been going for quite a few years now they're the three main researchers um from um what's that? Stephen Fry um QI yes yeah so they're the three main researchers from that and they just do a, a podcast um a few several times a week I think of just you know interesting each of them has like some interesting little fact historical story something that they recount and talk about and uh yeah it's really interesting and Hugo loves it it's fantastic <laughs> um been quite enjoying at lunchtime walking through the uh, Fitzroy Gardens
0: when I'm in melbourne two or three days a week for work and i so lovely. i so wanted to send you a picture of have we talked about this already again memory memory issues with me your spectacular dichondra silver falls
1: oh yeah i don't know whether we talked about that but um, yeah, well, they look pretty amazing in the um the conservatory there yes the it's very I,
0: I have a tray of them sitting at work that emily gave me and they don't love the cold weather so they'd be very mm. happy in that glass house down there in the Fitz for our gardens in Melbourne. Um, I left mine sitting outside for a week before I got them to work after Emily gave them to me. And they were, so I was looking around for somewhere to put them. And I know we've discussed this before that I couldn't find anywhere. So I stuck them on the lid of the rubbish bin. So I'm like, wow, I'm not going to use the bin for a bit. So I'll just <laughs> pop my plants on there. Oh, but gosh, it was cold. And the Dichondra Silver Falls went, hey, love, you really need to take us to work. So I was, I was actually trying to work out a way of reposting your spectacular video with my like oh, Aaron's lunchtime versus my lunchtime.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, the dying Dichondra on the bin—they're
0: not dying; they're fine. It's just that their leaves do turn brown um, um, when they're unhappy.
1: Yeah, I have tried them indoors before, but I just think I—they got a bit too dried out. I didn't get the watering regime quite right for them. So maybe they like a nice mist or something. I'm not sure. Oh. An indoor plant that I have. Taking me a long time to get right I feel I've I've got it right now is the maiden hair fern so that's
0: good yeah that and, tricky
1: well so I think it's because my mother-in-law grows amazing maiden hair ferns her whole front veranda is covered in them and she said well her thing is that she said look this is just they're the exception to a lot of house plants, you know, don't water too much. She said, well, maiden hair ferns naturally grow in creek bed and river beds and riverbeds. They like wet feet. So always keep a little, them sitting in a little bowl of water. Um, and she has hers all sitting in ice cream tubs um, with water in the bottom. And they, they're spectacular. And I was always a bit worried about doing that. Yeah. And now I don't have them, permanently in water but i just i keep it quite damp i keep it damp but in front of um uh, a window and so they get some all half a day of light uh, from the top quite direct light but also then but damp underneath and it's just become enormous wow
0: yeah let's give that a go i haven't tried growing them i just haven't bothered because i might look i don't know if i'm ready for this
1: (laughs) But I have found ferns difficult in general.
0: I have found indoor plants difficult because I don't have a great spot for them. Mm. Mm. But so indoor plants, I took this spectacular photo today. I'll post it to Insta when this episode's out, but I'm going to send it to you now Mm -hmm. of I love, one of my favourite things about skiing. I know this sounds like it's not related to horticulture. It (laughs) is. Okay. I love checking out other people's outfits and I love talking a good game about, oh, I think I'll get me a jacket like that. And I love freaking my friends out by going, thinking, it's like it's patent leather with faux fur collar. And they're like, <laughs> no, no. And belts are big this season, belts on your ski belts. jackets. Mm, now, okay. I was standing in line this afternoon <laughs> and I saw the most spectacular ski suit maybe that I've ever seen. It's a lady in a pink onesie but Mm. it has a print on it it's silhouettes of indoor plant leaves yes as i can
1: see there's big monstera leaves in electric blue yes pretty amazing
0: would you ski in that erin
1: i think i would Mm. because you know you want to be singing really
0: i i'm standing in line i get my phone out i'm she's a couple of people across from me i'm so excited because she shuffled a bit closer i'm like oh get a photo of it and she was Ended up next to me, and I should have asked her where she got it from, but I couldn't bring myself to mm. to do it. I got all sort of shy and embarrassed, and um, you'd want really to be a want good to know. skier because everyone's going to look at you, and everyone's <laughs> everyone's going to see you. But I, I didn't even care. I didn't even see her skier. like, oh my god, what is she wearing, and where did she get it? I'm. I keep going
1: back online and revisiting (laughs) a page I've bookmarked, which is some floral overalls, floral cord overalls. It's from Flouncy. I I don't know where they're from. I actually think it's from something called Cider. Is that a shop? I don't don't know. know. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, a real shop or just, you know, like one of those online knockoffs that I'm going to take your money and steal your credit card details and not send you the...
0: Are you going to work in them or are these just for Instagram moments? I think
1: these would be Instagram overalls.
0: Yes. Mm. (laughs) I'm thinking about this ski outfit, like, in general, just thinking Mm -hmm. about it, and then Mm -hmm. specifically I wonder if I could get, like, a couple of versions of it, like overall version for Instagram gardening moments, then for social occasions in Velour... Like pink, oh, yes, with nice. blue, the blue velour leaves, Yep. and then and then um and then one for the snow. I actually called Natasha because she knows a fair bit about fabric. I called her this evening to say, hey, can you get waterproof velour? Yeah, she was a bit uh, like, you know, Jamie, you call with some interesting questions. Um, <laughs> so you know, I think if I had three versions of those overalls onesie thing then i think i'd be set for every occasion like because in life i love a uniform i love to just i'll just put on my work pants and which ones today well whichever ones are clean or unless i need them to be dirty because i'm going to clean chicken house or do some gardening i don't know whether i'm too old for you can get work pants jeggings and I think I want ah. a pair. Oh, we'll get a pair. All right. Yeah. I think you've talked me into Ooh, it. Oh, I found. I haven't found that one, but I found another one that I Great. quite like too. All right. Shoot me that. Hey, do you Shoot reckon we that. should wrap this up? Because you and I have yes. now gone down the rabbit hole of indoor house <laughs> prints on skiing outfits that maybe yeah. we want as overalls. I think and that's I'm a about, sign.
1: And I'm about to send you a hibiscus ski jacket. So, yes, I think we've probably... <laughs> time to finish the chat so it was great to talk to you i'll see you in about 48 hours yeah that's right we'll continue the conversation awesome see you mate bye just a note on our very catchy garden hose tunes we have our original music composed and produced by martini toothpick martini toothpick are dan zelinski and mika coleman
0: We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we reside and recognise their continuing connection to lands, waters and communities and recognise that their wisdom and knowledge has been passed on for thousands of years.